0: welcome to faith radio the latter rain chronicles i'm your host dan merrick and i hope you're happy and glad to be here with me and <laughs> hey, we got we got a new backdrop to get rid of the nonsense in the back so you don't have to look at that it's just like on the building uh, over at uh 125 west main street our studios here are in bradford pennsylvania where we have our studios at now and uh we just uh Uh, decided that I'd tie up the backdrop here so that we had a more professional-looking radio broadcast for you. Okay, today's topic, I'm going to talk about what uh, next week Yasway TV show is going to be on the Book of Maccabees and uh, I did a translation of the book of Maccabees some time ago. It's available at yahbible.org. Get over there and get your copy of it. It's got Yahuwah's name restored to it, and it's in uh, uh, the proper format. It is footnoted and referenced so that you understand some of the things about the book of Maccabees. Now, it was found in the Latin Vulgate, and it dates back to 405 AD to 450 AD. Only fragments of the first book of Maccabees were found among some of the Dead Sea Scrolls. Yet, these books total eight in number from the combined works of Josephus and uh, are reconstructed from the construction of the Roman Catholic Church in history, which the Roman Catholic Church, if you weren't aware of it, the Roman Catholic Church gave to the rabbinical sects of mystic Hasidism and the formation of modern-day Judaism in 1550, access to their books and such. And nowhere, no place, not anywhere in archaeology or in any other resource do we find a nine-candlestick Hanukkah menorah until they found the Lindell uh, Hanukkah menorah, which was made... In Great Britain in England in 1709. So that's AD. That's a common year for those of you that don't like the AD for out of domini or after death. You, know, you want to call it the common year? Okay, that's 311 years ago. 311 years ago was the first nine candlestick menorah ever invented by mankind. So when people come to me and attack me or, or or what I post scripturally post on the internet, um, when they do that on Facebook or, or anyplace any place else and say, "Oh Dan, you're not," whatever they personal attacks or whatever they wanna they wanna do. You know they like to personally attack me or or say something that is, uh, uh, you know, they think will get my goat and start a, a trollish argument online. Uh, I say, do your, do your research, okay? Hanukkah, like Christmas, is a brand new religious man-made holiday. It did not exist at the time of Yahshua Messiah. There are no nine candlestick menorahs found anywhere in archaeological digs in Israel as existing before 1709. And that one is the oldest one known to man in the British Museum or the Jewish Museum or wherever it's at. You can look it up online. You can go over to my website at Yaspace.org our online congregation, and I did a blog post on it with a reference to the uh, Wikipedia link um, of the Lindell Menorah that was created in 1709. So, like Christmas, now most people don't realize that Christmas isn't the birthday of Yahshua Messiah. Um, he was born during the Hebrew Feast of Tabernacles. And on the blog over there at Yahspace.org, YahBible.org, I've got books that you can get, like the Book of Maccabees and such, and research and study this. You know, you should read it, research, study it, and realize that these writings were medieval writings. They were created later, like a lot of after the Aleppo Codex in 1100 A.D. uh, writings that added vowel points to it. Uh, The Hebrew language was not a spoken language from 70 AD until uh, the 1900s, early 1900s, late 1800s. A man invented, reinvented the Hebrew language for the modern phonetic form of it. Now, some of the words he took from the roots like Yah, uh, like the word Hallelujah, that was existent in the phonetic record uh, passed down through the ages that everybody spoke the name Hallelujah in every language around the world. They knew that language because... The Yahudim, the Jewish people, the Hebrew people, had been dispersed into all the world. And so, with that dispersion, they shared language and the phonetic record shows, just like in Al Daniyah, Iraq. That city's been called that for thousands of years, for almost 3,000 years. It's been called Daniyah because Daniel, the name, is is it has at the end of it L El for Elohim which means a God and literally the name Daniel means God is my judge and Danny Yah was the original Hebrew word but they took out the word Yah and replaced it with the Chaldean Elohim and El from the word Ba'el which meant a deity which was a name of a false deity its origin is bel Zabab, which is Beelzebub is the way it's pronounced in English, Um, but it is still the name of false deities or deity. So uh, I did this because I wanted to give an educational, researched look at what Maccabees really said in relation to, uh, in particular, Hanukkah, because the word Hanukkah, they use as the word dedication in the Hebrew language, And so there was some inference that this uh, dedication in John chapter 10, where it says Yahshua walked on the porch during the Hebrew uh, feast uh, at the 10th month and the dedication of the temple. Uh, So and in it, it says in the King James Version, it was winter. But they added the word winter, the Greek word that originally was there, it means storm or rain. So it, it didn't say it was in wintertime. It said it was raining. So we don't know what time of the year it was. All we know is that it was the time where they remembered the dedication of Herod's temple that was standing there at that time. It was a celebration of the dedication of Herod's temple. And uh, many people try to historically confuse it and try to find justification for the 300-year-old Hanukkah celebration, which is just as rooted in man-made-up holidays as Christmas, Halloween, Valentine's Day, and all these other things. They have pagan roots. You can get back to Amos, the fifth chapter, and Acts 7.43, and you can see that, uh, that there were these days of Cuan and this star god worship that was associated with it originally before there was a nine-candlestick menorah was, uh, was, was there um, a long time before. Now, I've contended for the faith using scriptures, using historical research and documentation and evidence and proof and archaeological finds and digs, reference materials, encyclopedias, uh, bridges and drivers, the Encyclopedia Judaica. Uh, I've resourced for years and years and years about these topics and subjects. This is what my dissertation was on. It was on the paganization of Judaism, Christianity, and, uh, and in part on Islam and how these Babylon mystery religions have incorporated icons and idols and iconology to use them as an attractive marketing package for the doctrines and commandments of men. Now, here's, here's a good example of it. In rabbinical Judaism, for example, in rabbinical Judaism, they say, if the rabbi tells you something that you should listen to him the same way the Catholic listens to the Pope. And you should ignore the written Torah, the first five books of the Bible, over, uh, 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 you should ignore that and take over the word of Yah, the word of the rabbi telling you what to do. Now, that is dictatorship. That is the clergy laity system, which is talked about in Revelations chapter 2 and 3. Nicolaitan, those who lorded over the common people of the congregation, who set themselves up as pastors, rabbis, leaders, imams, priests, and such, that told the people what to think in opposition to scriptures. And, I, and that's key because if they're in opposition to scriptures, they're in opposition to Yahuwah Almighty. And if you're in opposition to Yahuwah Almighty, then you're in danger of eternal damnation in the lake of fire. And uh, my concern and my postings are out of a heart of love and caring when I go out on Facebook and I say, listen, you know, Hanukkah isn't something we're supposed to keep. It's not in Leviticus chapter 23. It's, there's only seven feast days in Leviticus chapter 23. And there's three first fruits offerings in Leviticus chapter 23. And I contend with the Messianic Jewish faith as much as I do with the Christian and, and, and other faiths that deny the scriptures in favor of their own pet doctrines and teachings of men rather than the pure form of what the Almighty said. For example, they take the feast of first fruits and they call it a feast. It's an offering within unleavened bread, but they say all of a sudden you you like get a little break in between unleavened bread and you got this first fruits feast, and you use it to replace and ignore the seventh feast, which is the last great day, the day of judgment. Now I can understand why you want to ignore that because it's not a it's not a happy day unless. You're going to get a good reward because most people don't realize the day of judgment is also a day of rewards, too. When those who do labors well done, good and faithful servants will receive rewards, which we give as gifts to Yahshua Messiah for having saved us and having delivered us from this fleshly, worldly bodies. And at his coming, we'll be transformed, First 1 Corinthians 15.52. Now, Amos, the fifth chapter, has I've taken some scriptures out uh, from uh, uh, there, and it says, um, uh, you who turn judgment to Wormwood and leave off righteousness in the earth. And he talks about, seek him that maketh the seven stars in Orion and turneth the shadow of death into morning and maketh the dark day with night that calls for the waters of the sea and pours them out upon the face of the earth. Yahuwah is His name. Now, it's interesting that it talks about the seven stars because in Revelations it says the seven stars are the seven congregations. The seven candlestick menorah is the representation of the seven congregations. And if you watch some of my videos over there on YouTube about uh, his great name and how the menorah was actually originally a form of the letters, the tetragrammaton, Yud Hey Ua heh the four letters superimposed, actually form a menorah that looks like a man hanging on a pole the same way Mashiach died and that uh, uh, that is in my book, His Great Name, and, and it's on the front cover of it. Uh, so there's a representation of Yah's name in the form of the menorah. So when you take the menorah and you add two candlesticks to it, you add two more branches to it, you're adding something that isn't there, that wasn't there, that wasn't there until 1709 A.D., which is 70 years before uh, uh, the Revolutionary War in America, so that you get a context here. So it's just before the United States becomes the United States, rebels against King George, that this happens, that all of a sudden these mystical, rabbinical, Hasidic, uh, Reconstructionist, Reformist, Zionist Jews uh, that formed their sects of Judaism in 1500 and then branched off from there and started to divide out into different ideas of men's teachings, forming denominations of Judaism from 1500 to 1900, and then uh, even after 1900, they, they added some called the Reformed and the Reconstructionist and such, and so Judaism is no different than Christianity. you got Catholic and Protestant and Baptist and Jehovah Witness and Mormon and all the branches and divisions of Christianity. You got the Pentecostals. You got the Evangelicals. You got the Free Baptists. You got the uh, Church of Christ. You got the Disciples of Christ. You, I could sit here for an hour or two and name denomination after denomination after denomination of Christianity. There's only about seven sects of Judaism, but um, uh, the the most modern and newest form is Messianic Hebrew roots, Yahudim-ism, which is. Um, what I hold to is that the Hebrew roots of scripture with the whole Bible from Torah all the way to Revelation is a continuing revelation of the word of YAH that is makes us a temple of YAH so we need to dedicate our temples to YAH not dedicate some pagan form of worship and light nine candles and and have eight crazy nights like uh you know, the cartoon movie and such like that. So um, now in Amos, the fifth chapter, he says, so "He says, I despise your feasts. I will not smell your solemn assemblies. Though you offer me burnt offerings and meat offerings, I will not accept them. Neither will I regard your peace offerings or your fat peace. Take them away from me. Take the noise of your songs. I will not hear the melodies of your instruments. Let judgment run down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. Have you observed... Or offered me sacrifices in the wilderness for forty years, O House of Israel. But now you have born, you have created that born, you have given birth to the tabernacle of Moloch and Q images which you took their star god, which you made to yourselves. That's the six pointed star, that's on the flag of Israel, uh, and uh, you'll you'll see it in uh, Yahweh TV. Uh, you know, there's the pyramid right side up, which represented Moloch, the deity of the dead. And Qun or Ra, the sun god, was the pyramid uh, upside down. And the superimposition of them makes the six-pointed star. The two Dalits are the two six-pointed star. And originally that was not the symbol of the house of David. It was the symbol, it was called the star of David by mistake, by fallacy, um, ascribing it to King David. It was actually a man named Moses ben David who reborn that star off of the ruins of Capernaum mosque that was thrown down that Yahshua prophesied against. And in my book, Babylon Mystery Religion, uh, uh, His Great Name, uh, you know, all these books that I've written over the years at yahbible.org, I make reference to this. I give the actual Encyclopedia Judaica copies of the page that says, yeah, this is a pagan god symbol, yet Israel politically seems to embrace it and Israel uh, in, in its denominations of Judaism seems to embrace it. But we're not supposed to have idols or symbols. By the same token, it's no different than if you go in and, and light a candle and pray in front of a statue of Saint Christopher or Mary or, or, or Jesus or, or Joseph or all these different uh, so-called saints with statues in the Catholic Church. It's pagan idolatry. In Revelations 21, it says, all idolaters get cast in the lake of fire, which is a second death. So when I post up online and I say, listen, <laughs> you know, you better do some research. Let's take a look at this. You, you can't be doing things that are idolatry and then expect to enter in the kingdom of heaven. And you can't display that which is idolatry and think, well, uh, the, uh, like it says in scripture, t- in times past, Yahweh did it. And now he's like, hey, enough of that enough. And so, in Acts 7.43 also, this is the exact same message that Stephen preaches. In 1993, I wrote a song when I'm feeling just like Stephen, waiting for the final stone. I'm not alone, for Yahshua is my Messiah, but he's my master, he's my Lord. And I wrote that song because I discovered this about what Stephen was preaching against, the star god of Rembrandt and Moloch, which, being a Jew, you know, I was You know, I was thinking, well, you know, I can't hold to the cross because John 3.14 says that it wasn't a cross, that he would die on a pole the same way Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness in Numbers 21 on a pole and Yahshua prophesied it. And I preached against it and I lost friends. I lost co-laborers in the field. I lost a lot of uh, different things, uh, while I was preaching, and when I preached against the cross, that the cross of Tammuz is a false idol symbol, and so everybody says, "Well, you're a Jehovah witness then?" And no, I'm not. I'm not a Jehovah witness. I'm not any denomination. I left Babylon mystery religions, and religion. Which is all one big religion of idolatry. It doesn't. Care. I don't care if you call it Shintoism or Bahaiism or Muslimism or Christianityism or Judaism or whatever ism you want to call it. It's all Babylon mystery religion, mother of all harlotry, meaning false worship. It's in Revelations 21. You know. And so uh, when these people go, oh, you can't say that, and be more loving, and be well. You know what? I am being loving. I don't want to see people go to the Lake of Fire. That's why I, that's why I post up the stuff that I say. So I was like, I don't want you to go to the Lake of Fire. I mean, do you really want to go there? I mean, is idolatry that important to you? You know, did you want to get your Hanukkah tree just like they got the Christmas tree? I saw people with posts on Facebook and on MeWe and on the different social networks and such where they were putting up, oh, look, at! I got my Hanukkah bush and they had a Christmas tree with a six-pointed star at the top. Well, what's the difference? Paganism is paganism, no matter what you are. You know, here in my place, here in my studio, we don't have any of that stuff. We don't have the pagan symbology. We don't have any of that. You know, what we have is just a plain and simple truth of the scriptures and the word of Yahuwah and the name of Yah. That's who we praise. That's who we worship. That's who we call on. And we encourage you to do the same thing so that your name will be written in the Book of Life and in the Book of Remembrance in Malachi 3.16. So, when we go to the actual Book of Maccabees and we read in the Book of Maccabees, it actually says that Judas of Maccabees said, let us remember this day when the oil lamp lasted for eight days when we only had enough for one. Let us remember this miracle. Let's remember this day. Okay? That they were able to dedicate the temple. Now, when we look at it and we see the actuality of it, it was most likely during the Feast of Tabernacles time that this happened and that they uh, had a remembrance of it. uh, And he says, Let us remember. Now, he doesn't say, Thus saith Yah Almighty. And he doesn't say, Oh, let's erase. Leviticus chapter 23 or add a couple verses to it or something because the Almighty must have had Alzheimer's disease and forgotten to list Hanukkah there. Or forgot to add Purim, which is Jewish Halloween in the springtime. Instead of having Halloween in October like they do in America, in Israel they have it in the springtime and call it Purim. And they dress up and go beg candy. Same thing. I know. I got I've got a nephew and a niece and a brother-in-law that live in Israel. I've got relatives there in Israel and I know, I've seen their pictures on Facebook when Purim comes and they go out and they beg candy and money and stuff and uh, go boo Haman and stuff. Okay, it's Jewish Halloween. So by the same token, when we look at the points of Jewish history, and obtain the actual research and do comprehensive work upon the subject, we find out that most of these pagan practices were created in the last three to 400 years in most of the religions of the world. In fact, Christianity had barred in Protestantism in America until 1897 anyone keeping Christmas was fined five shillings. That was a real law on the books in America, in the colonies, <laughs> in the colonies and then in America, because they knew Christian Christmas was pagan and it was not the birthday of Yahshua Messiah. In fact, William Penn, the founder of Pennsylvania, knew this fact, and uh, when he was presented on the 25th of December um, uh, by some of the people in his first colony, to that they didn't think it was right to work on that day. They, In fact, uh, his quote in his writings say, they came to me saying, Would it be a matter of conscience that we not work upon this day. And he responded to them, well then, if it be a matter of conscience that you not work upon this day, then I suggest that you go home and read your scriptures and clearly see that Yahshua Messiah, or Jesus Christ is what he knew the name by then, was not born upon this day, but he was born in the Fall Feast of Tabernacles. Now, William Penn knew this hundreds of years ago. <laughs> it's in his diary and writings. It's in the National Archives in Washington, D.C. You can, you can go research it and find it. And so he came back from hunting at noontime for lunch in his home and in the town, in the colony, and he found them frolicking and playing lascivious games in the streets. That's the words that are in the records, okay? And he took a whip and whipped them, not hardly, but lightly, and yelled at them and told them, go back home and read the scriptures, for surely the Messiah was not born upon this day, and it is not a day of frolicking and evil. If you're not going to work then you will not eat is what the scripture says. So uh, William Penn put the, put the whip to the, <laughs> to the, to the group and, and said, you know, let's, let's keep the truth. Let's not keep a lie. So, um, you know, uh, when you see these things happen and you know that the spirit of strong delusions, as it says in Second Thessalonians, is coming upon the world um, and that a lot of people are, are doing it, uh, are falling away from the truth John four twenty three. Yah is a spirit and those that worship him must M-U-S-T must that's a Greek word that they took the English word must from that means it's a definite positive you have to must worship him in spirit and in truth not in spirit and a lie and the Hanukkah celebration that is not at the dedication of the temple during the Feast of Tabernacles is not any dedication that we are to keep. It is a 312, 311-year-old holiday of rabbinical Judaism and Hasidic mysticism, which is a form of witchcraft taken from Kabbalah and from other writings of Middle Ages, mystic, dark artists of lies and disobedience to Torah and what's called witchcraft in First Samuel which is disobedience to the Almighty, is, is a form of witchcraft. It says it's witchcraft and idolatry. And so, the scripture says, whoever loveth a lie and maketh a lie shall be cast in the lake of fire. Second Thessalonians 2, it says, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there first be a falling away, and then the man of sin, the son of perdition, which is the antichrist, Messiah, be revealed. And that wicked one shall be revealed, whom the master, Yahshua, shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him, the anti-Messiah, who is working after the work of Satan with all power signs and lying wonders and all deceivableness of unrighteousness, which is unlawfulness, In them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. And for this cause, Yah shall send them strong delusion, that they shall believe a lie, as if it was the truth, that they might all be damned, who believe not the truth, and have pleasure in unlawfulness, unrighteousness. But we are not bound to give thanks, or but we are bound to give thanks to Yah for you, brethren, of our master, because Yah has, from the beginning, chosen you to salvation through the sanctification or purification of the set-apartness, sacredness of the Spirit and belief of the truth. Wherefore, He called you by our gospel to obtain the glory of Yahuwah through Yahshua Messiah. In Torah, we are told, do not mix wool with cotton, do not mix the sacred with unsacred things, do not mix abominations like pig and beef together. And there's a reason why. The Almighty wanted us to understand what Stephen understood as he preached against the Star God and the Hanukkah celebration in, Am- in Acts se- chapter 7 and said, You stiff-necked, you do always resist the Roach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit of Yah. And they stoned him to death because he called them out. He quoted Amos 5. Amos 5 is talking about QAnka, dark days, talking about star god worship dark days He's talking about idols and paganism and the saturnalia and the christmas celebration and heralding back to the ancient times of semiramis and babylon when they sacrificed children uh, to the abortion deity by burning them alive on an altar to moloch and Renfram and a six-pointed star and a t-shaped tamu's cross right above so um you can get the book Babylon Mystery Religion on my website at org and read about some of these things. Read the history about about it. You can also um, uh, stop by our website at yahspace.org and join the congregation over there and read the blogs and, and do the research. We give references for everything that we teach and preach so that you know exactly where the information came from and why I am so adamant about not... Allowing uh, false worship, in, in 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 encouraging you to not worship falsely and not keep unsacred holidays of mankind and try to call them holy days. I'm not making any new holiday. Up. I, you know, I didn't come up with a a Kwanzaa like they did. <laughs> A few years back, they came up with this thing called Kwanzaa, and they made it like the Hanukkah with lighting different colored candles for the different colors of, of, of people in Africa and stuff. And, and they tried to make it, a. Uh, uh, it never really took off, I guess, you know, I guess there's like maybe 16 or 17 people in America that are keeping this Kwanzaa thing. <laughs> it's another man-made, made-up, make-believe. It's, it's make-believe. It's just, you know, it's, it's no different than Santa Claus coming down the chimney. Ooh, Santa's coming to town. He's going to give us gifts. Well, <laughs> yeah, be careful what kind of gifts Satan gives you because those kinds of gifts aren't the gifts you're going to want in the last day. In the last day, you're not going to want this gift of strong delusion. The ones, uh, you're not going to want the, the judgment of the Almighty on your life and on your... You're going to want the blood of Yahshua Messiah and, and you're going to want the truth, not a lie. So, I try to encourage people to follow the truth and the love of the truth, rather than to follow a lie and unlawfulness and unrighteousness. Because the scripture clearly says in Deuteronomy, do not add anything that I, to what I tell you to observe and do and keep, and do not take anything away. And if you are taking something away or adding something to it, then you're not following exactly what the instructions are. You know, it's uh, It's not like a cake recipe, necessarily, that you could just maybe add some nuts or some chocolate chips to it, too, and it'll be okay. (laughs) It's not like that, okay? What this is, is your eternal destiny that you're dealing with. It's your life eternal in the kingdom of Yah that we're dealing with. And so we have to be aware and repentant on a daily basis and self-introspective, looking in the mirror of our souls and saying, what do I have to work on in me? What do I have to change in me? What do I have to let Messiah into me to work out of me so that I can become what he wants me to be? I believe Yah wants us all to be successful. I believe he wants us all to be prosperous. I believe he wants us all to be in health and in goodness and in grace and in salvation and have our names in the Book of Remembrance, in the Book of Life. But we have to follow his instructions to get there. <laughs> and uh, we, we, you know, it's like Yeshua says, he says, there are demons that believe too, you know. Demons know that there's a creator. Uh, but are they saved? Are they converted? Are they really following the truth? No. Uh, so, uh, there are a lot of people out there in the world today that are following pseudo-truth. You know, they go so far out of the city of Babylon, mystery religions, and they get to the suburbs. And then they stop, and they go, well, you know, that little uh, building over there, that house of worship looks pretty interesting. I think I'll go over there. And then next thing you know, they're buying a house, and they're getting an SUV, and they're still hanging in Babylon, just at the fringes of it. They got maybe some of the truth, versus traditions of men, but they haven't gone all the way out. They're not leaving the city. They're like, well, we'll just, you know, Sodom's a little bad, but I'll go hang over here in Gomorrah. (laughs) Or Gomorrah's a little bad, so I'll go hang on the suburbs of Sodom. It it is not good because uh, when the brimstone rains down, you're going to be in trouble so uh, the judgment of YAH is going to be poured out on the earth in the last days in seven vials of wrath and you don't want to be in the camp of those that are going to suffer uh, eternal punishment and eternal judgment because of not following the instructions of almighty YAH so that's why I don't keep Hanukkah I don't keep Purim I don't keep Halloween I don't keep cosplay for candy day um I know that there are a lot in my family and in my friends and such that they don't consider this important and they do those things, but you know, I can only say for myself, I don't want to participate, I don't want to be part of it, and I don't really uh, care to do anything for it. So you know, if I want to give my grandkids or my kids candy, I'll give them candy anytime I want to give them candy, you know, before that day or after that day i don't want to give it to him on that day because i don't want to be party to the celebration of the day of the dead as they call it in mexico and uh and 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 consider that uh i'm a part of it so i want to stand for what is truth and what is there and if the judgment falls first in the house of yah as the scripture says then then as i judge myself I need to also come out and repent of my wrongdoings and misunderstandings and not following the instructions of Yah in the scriptures. So, I wanted to get that word out there so that you understood exactly where I stand on this. And so, when these people start, they start diverting things to get them on purpose into argument. They'll bring something up, you know, like somebody else in your past that, you know, like there was a, a a person that I no longer associate with that was forced to meet with a, as a radio partner and then bring that person up and go, well, I thought, but, but, but. you know, that has nothing, to, this is a totally off topic. Number one, we were talking about Hanukkah. You guys presented this, you put it up online, and said, we think you should keep Hanukkah because it's such a wonderful remembrance of of when the miracle happened to the oil in the lamps. Well, Praise Yah, the miracle happened to the oil and the eight lamps. Okay, I can remember that it happened at a certain time back then and say praise Yah for it, but I don't have to create a new holiday for it. You know, it's just like when Yahshua raised Lazarus from the dead. Do you have a special holiday for that? I mean, that was a, a, a great miracle. That was a great, fantastic miracle. Is there Lazarus raised from the dead day? We we need to put Lazarus raid from the dead day on our calendar and uh, uh, maybe get a, uh, uh, a three candlestick menorah, one for Yahshua, one for Yah in heaven that gave him the power, and one for Lazarus that rose from the dead. <laughs> you see how ridiculous that sounds? see how stupid Hanukkah really is? 1709, the first nine candlestick menorah. Nothing in archaeology that anyone in Judaism kept it before 1709. 1709, that's 311 years ago. No one kept it. No one celebrated it. No one lit nine candlestick menorahs until 1709. I mean, what more evidence do you need? I don't need any more. Seven candlestick menorah was commanded. It was in scriptures. That's good enough. Seven feasts, seven candlesticks. I don't believe the Almighty had Alzheimer's. I knew, I think He knew exactly what He was doing when He gave us seven feast days, seven candlesticks, when He gave us the exact name Moses received on the mountain, when He gave us the scripture, when He gave us the plan of salvation, when He sent us Messiah. I don't think the Almighty has any kind of organic brain syndrome, senality, that he would forget to add a holy day in Leviticus chapter 23 when he gave it to Moses. Oh, I forgot! (laughs) I want you to keep Jewish Halloween in the springtime in Purim. Nope, not there. Oh no! Wait a second. When it gets real dark out, and all the pagans are dancing around in the snow and throwing snowballs and worshiping Mirthra and false deities, and and they have their Saturnalia celebrations, or when the witches all say it's the dark days and and they want to work witchcraft, I I forgot to put Hanukkah and Christmas in there for you. Nope. In fact, most of the Christmas story as we have it today is a lie. Number one, the wise guys, the wise men, they weren't there when he was born. They arrived two years later. If you don't believe me, open up the Gospels where it says, And Herod killed all children two years old and younger, according to the reckoning of the time that the wise men told him they had seen the star two years ago by the time they got there so the wise guys weren't there the wise guys found the young lad as it says in the scriptures at his house two years old they gave gold frankincense and myrrh three gifts it doesn't say there were three wise men it says the wise men and actually the word used in the greek means magistrates which means leaders of a city called Daniyat in Iraq. It took them two years to travel the 1,300 miles by caravan, stopping to sleep and eat and cook food and all the things that you had to do because there was no red eye to Tel Aviv at the time because there were no airplanes at the time. So they couldn't hop a flight in. So it took them two years to get there. When they got there, then they found him at his home and the angel appeared to Joseph and said, Listen, take the young lad and head for Egypt because the scripture foretold, out of Egypt I shall call my son. And the angel said, Herod seeks to kill him. In fact, the three wise men, as they say they are three wise guys, the wise guys, they have a dream also and the angel comes to them and says, listen, depart another way and don't return to Herod because he wants to kill the child. So that's two witnesses of what happened both the wise guys and Joseph received the message from angels in a, in a vision and a dream. So, he was born in the Hebrew Feast of Tabernacles uh, by the Star Calendar Dating System online, which is linked at uh, yaspace.org. It was the evening of the 24th of September to the 25th of September on the Hebrew day that started at sundown. He was born on the first days of the Hebrew Feast of Tabernacles. In about the year 3 BC, as I recall, if I recall it correctly. And so he was born uh, not in the winter, he was born in the fall. Um, and something else uh, a lot of people don't realize is back then there were only 10 months in the year according to the Roman calendar. That's why December, Deca for 10 is called Deca, December, December, December for the Deca for 10. So there were only ten months in the year back then. So um, when did that tenth month fall? Maybe it fell in what's now September, the eighth month, on the Hebrew calendar, because the Hebrew calendar starts in actuality in springtime. Now the modern Hebrew, they messed that up too, and they started in the fall saying, Oh well, we got the fall. You know, it's the seventh month of the year, but they're calling it the new year. See That's what religion does. It tells lies, and it goes against what the scripture says to the month of Abib. It's the start of the year in the spring. And then they try to create some unassociated, connect-the-dots reasoning of twisting the scriptures to try to justify their fake, phony, delusional lies that are nothing more than the actual practice of lies. Practice of false days, practice of false worship, practice of falseness. And that's why the scripture says, those that loveth and worketh a lie. Those that love and work at a lie. By trying to say the seventh month is the new year when it's the seventh month. I mean, the, the title, seventh month. I mean, it's the seventh month. The first month is the new year. At the beginning of the first month is the new year in the month of Abib in spring. That's what's in scriptures. Nowhere is there anything else other than the announcement of the year of jubilee at the Feast of Trumpets in the seventh month. And they go, oh, well, that's, this is the civil new year in the seventh month, uh, according to Jewish tradition and what the rabbis told us. So... A man told you something that was a lie, <laughs> and people get upset when I say, that's a lie. Yeah, Hanukkah's a lie. Christmas is a lie. Halloween's a lie. Valentine's Day is a lie. Easter is a lie. These are lies of Satan that he spreads with disinformation, misinformation. They should ban Satan on YouTube. <laughs> They should ban them on YouTube. Well, the Most High Yah bless you and keep you until next time. I hope that you are blessed. I hope that you don't fall into the pagan days and get uh, all depressed uh, about not getting a, a present or something like that. You know, go out and buy yourself a present. <laughs> you know? Don't give it to yourself on December 25th, though. Don't go to Hanukkah and get yourself eight presents and eight nights. You know, I just don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, these people claim to be preachers and teachers of Scripture, but they don't read the Scriptures, and they don't teach the Scripture. They don't research out. They don't do studious. They're not Bereans. They don't study hard. you got to study to show yourself approved, a workman worthy of the hire, of the calling of the Spirit of Yah. If you're going to preach the truth, preach the truth. If you're going to preach a lie, then, you know, just be honest about it. Say, you know, I'm in it for the money. Because I'm not in it for the money. I've spent every dime I can to keep these broadcasts going. And I get very, very few donations. I get absolutely uh, hardly none of the donations that these many multi-million dollar TV preachers get. And some of these people that, you know, that have gone to jail and such, you know, and come back and and stuff. You know, there's been a few. You know, I... There was a story about a couple preachers that uh, a lady preacher and a man preacher that were got caught someplace over in Europe holding hands and cheating on their spouses and stuff a few years back. you know. But I still see them on Christian TV and they're still getting $70, $80, 90000000 million a year donations from fleecing the flock, so to speak. And I don't see them doing anything with that money that's actually spreading the good news of Yahshua Messiah or feeding the hungry, or helping the poor, or doing anything like we have in the Great Commission—that we're supposed to, you know, give a cup of water, even in the name of a disciple or a taladim or a follower of Yeshua—I um, don't see him doing those things, and so I—I I, I, I question why. I struggle and stretch every dollar to keep the electric prices down, and. The heating prices down and, and my usage of everything so that i can afford to keep going to so i can afford to take money out of my pension check from the military pension check to put into this and, and do this for you and, and preach the word and and yet we don't get a lot of donations we don't get a lot of money from it you know and then uh but we get a lot of criticism from people that are saying oh well you know uh you shouldn't, you shouldn't get money. You shouldn't sell the gospel and blah, blah, blah. You know, well, sorry. You know, the printer charges money for, for printing it and the paper that they buy and the ink and the people that put it all together and put it in the machines and, and pay, take it out of the machines with the binding. and, and all this. You know, when you get a book made, it costs money in today's world. This fantasy of uh, free stuff, in today's world is a fantasy of an illusion of something that never, ever existed in mankind's history. Even back in the temple era time of Yahshua Messiah and before, it cost money, it cost agricultural goods, it cost some form of exchange to get things done and to hire workmen. I mean, you know, the parable of the talents Yahshua told. It's about workers getting money paid, for the different things that they had to do, for investment for their master, or for the, you know, when he talks about the workman that enters the harvest field late in the day and gets the same amount of money as the one that started at eight in the morning. Um, So, you know, a workman is worthy their hire. So don't believe these dissemblers and trolls that try to destroy the message of the truth that we're preaching by discouraging you from donating and helping us In this ministry helping us to feed people in the philippines and in south america and central america and helping us to reach out and send clothing and food and care for people in ukraine and western russia and such where there's been unrest for many years and and uh how we reach out we're broadcasting to 236 million tv screens cable and satellite subscribers and over a billion people on apps on the Now Network apps at the app stores. You can get Roku, Amazon Fire TV and all the different kinds of apps that are out there. The Anchor FM app you can get and uh, listen to this show and such. And so um, we're grateful to people like Anchor FM for giving us free time and free space and free bandwidth and all that to reach the world for Messiah because we're a non-profit organization. And so... Um, Uh, we're blessed in that way. And we've been blessed with some gifts that helped us to get on the air with TV uh, on the Now Network and such. But um, if we continue to be on these networks, we're going to have to get contributions to keep going and to keep preaching the Word. And I intend to keep preaching the Word of Yahshua Messiah until they uh, completely ban me off of everything and uh, cut my head off because I won't get the mark of the beast uh, if that day comes in that way. So, praise YAH. Bless you. Until next time, may the Most High YAH bless you and keep you. May He cause His face to shine upon you. May He give you your roach, His Roach HaKodesh inside, Kadosh inside you. May it purify you. May you be washed with the blood of Messiah. Call on His name. Don't deny His name and follow after Him. I'm Dan Merrick for Faith Radio, the Latter Rain Chronicles. I don't know how late before this rain's going to start, but it's going to start sometime soon. God bless you.